0: and I'm Allie and it's about About time time for true
1: crime hello
0: what is going on how's your week going tell us everything oh my gosh so did your cube mate really smell that bad or
1: (laughs) (laughs) okay I have have to put you on the spot yeah I need you to tell the story oh no which there's so many the most recent Newton story
0: Oh, my gosh, you guys. So my cat, um, you know, like mother, like son, has a finicky GI, if you will. So, <laughs> <laughs> so um, if he has, like, too many treats, he gets diarrhea because he's a menace. Um, Are you guys
1: eating? You shouldn't be.
0: Oh, yeah. Hey, y'all, put that down. <laughs> So he gets running poops, and he has long hair. He's adorable, but he never cleans his butt. Well, he always gets mad. And there. if you want
1: to see him, look at the Instagram. Oh my gosh, he's so cute.
0: Um, but so, but he got diarrhea. And he went and he like almost made it to the litter box. <laughs> the little engine that could. Truly could not. So <laughs> he missed a little. Got to the box. Made the rest of it. And then he was like, you know what? Instead of licking the shit off my ass like every other cat does, (laughs) I'm going to scoot my ass on the carpet. Like a dog. Like a dog. And so he's like listen you guys know that you know the scoot he's doing the scoot and his little ass is making like skid marks across my carpet but it's it looks like morse code it's like a dash dot dash dot dash dot and i'm like, like what are see, you trying to say
1: you can see the scoot and then the pause yes the when she she took a picture of it and she shouldn't have, but she sent it to me and she shouldn't have it and i fell out of my chair it's true oh
0: my and then God. she made me tell everyone Oh, my God. And I'm making (laughs) her tell you guys. It
1: just, it got me in the funnies. Hopefully, it'll get you guys in the funnies. That just...
0: Well, you should also know that the stain came out of my carpet and everything is okay. And I love him regardless of his ass wipe on my carpet. On the same... All good things.
1: Day that he took a wet shit and scooted across your floor, my cat threw up seven times. And I cleaned all seven times. And then she went to lay with my fiance instead.
0: Such... (laughs) A uh, freaking beaut She was like
1: ah oh, <laughs> cuddles and then went to him I'm like really You're like, what am I like chop I'm sorry now? do I
0: smell too much like your vomit For you I, to want to snuggle with me <laughs>
1: I'm like was it the gagging I was doing earlier <laughs> was, that, was that it Not a hairball Oh my good god you guys Well I just I had to start with that Because what we're talking about today is Not at all as Mm-mm. Well I was going to say as pleasant But <laughs> that wasn't pleasant No
0: oh my goodness uh well, at least it was funny though. This isn't.
1: But we'll give you a little idea of what we're what we're doing here. We've got our mozzarella sticks that have gone yeah, cold. Yeah, it's true. In the center of the table, we have a candle that's on its way out. Yep. Abby has the half of the smoothie that she didn't spill on herself.
0: And the rest of it dried on my leg, but I did.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and so we're we're the hot mess express today. Just lots of lots of fun stuff here so today
0: wait what how was your week my week was like okay what happened
1: i mean did a lot of cleaning did a lot of hanging out my friend bonnie is a very 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 talented painter
0: oh my gosh you guys super talented crazy talented. talented she should have like an etsy shop
1: I have tried to get her to do that. She's just so good at it, but it's just like it brings her joy. I don't know that she wants to make it like a job. Yeah. But she's so good at it, and she painted me a, like, very <laughs> late home housewarming gift. Yeah. Um, but it was worth the wait. It's beautiful. And it's it displayed, and it's like a little New England foliage scene, because she knows that yeah. fall is my favorite. So a little shout out to Bonald. Bonald. Love her a lot. And that, so that made my week pretty good. I was pretty happy about that.
0: She's honestly so cute. Isn't she adorable? Yeah. I hope she's listening. What if she never fucking hears this? Rip. Damn it, Bonnie. Bonald. How was your week? My week was pretty good. Um, I, for the first time in like months, plural, had a whole weekend to myself.
1: That does not happen to you.
0: No. Uh, and it was so nice. I mean, I was not feeling well Friday, and I felt okay Saturday, but um, I was getting over like a little thing, but did I'm feeling have, good did now. Did you
1: the shits? Was it what Newton had? No,
0: it was not Newton's shits. Um, and it wasn't even my own. It was uh, med Someone withdrawals. Fun fact, guys.
1: Oh, my goodness.
0: I know. Um, no, I'm just on a med for my anxiety that's super time sensitive, so... I just get fun little, like, headaches and body aches and all that good stuff when I take it too late or miss it, which I did because I'm like that. But I'm feeling much better now. I can't decide if I'm going to leave this in. I might. I might not. We'll see. You'll know. Or not. (laughs) (laughs) So... I was not feeling great, but Saturday I started feeling better. So I got to have like a little farmer's market day. I went and found some plants and spent some time in the garden. And then let's see. Oh, Sunday I went to Guitar Center. And first of all, the nearest Guitar Center is like 30 minutes away. Which is not that bad. Okay, but it is... for me, like out here, maybe things are further away, but I am from the big wide Midwest where they need like 80 Culver's on like every street corner. So that you what? don't. Oh, gosh.
1: What's a, a clover? A so
0: Culver's? Culver. Mm hmm. They're um, I don't know how to describe them like sandwiches and burgers, but they also have the best ice cream. It sounds like it slaps. It, it does. It's fine. Well, their fries are fine. It's no Portillo's, but... Oh, Portillo's. N- nothing is a Portillo's. Bring Portillo's cheese here, please. They have a chocolate cake shake. It's got a piece of cake in a shake. That actually
1: it's Oh, my God. You should not tell me this when I'm hungry.
0: Sorry, babe. You want a cold moth stick?
1: No, I really don't.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, no, so that was good. The only thing that I don't love about Guitar Center is that because I am a girl who's like a young adult people always think I don't know what I'm talking about my dad taught bass and guitar so I was going in and this guy whose name was Billy was like what can I help you with and I was like oh yeah I'm just looking for some strings and I was like oh you know actually I had an idea of what I was looking for but I kind of want to play around a little do you have any anything that you might suggest for someone who likes to do like some pop but also some jazz stuff and he was like yeah yeah okay these will be good for you and i was like okay so i got home they're the thinnest strings imaginable which damn it billy isn't the worst but it's it was called like nashville tuning i was on the phone with my dad and i was like what the hell do i do with this and he was like well it's a cool kind of tuning but uh he probably just thought you didn't have any calluses on your finger and the strings were hurting you and i was like yeah it's just because i haven't changed my strings in 10 years not because of the calluses So, um, Billy was really trying to do me a solid, but all he really did was talk to me about the Red Hot Chili Peppers, and I was like, guy, I just need strings. There are worse bands, though. There are worse bands, but, like, I'm not gonna sit and study the hands of the guitarist in Red Hot Chili Peppers. Oh, yeah. Yeah, not like that. He was like, I've studied him. I was like, Billy, it's impressive enough that you work here. You're okay. Just...
1: Yeah, Billy. It's alright. Take a seat, do the drums, great. mess around a little bit.
0: I know. Let's not pretend that you don't want to be Billy Joe Armstrong. <laughs> 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 he did. But anyway, that was my week. Um I just wanted to say hi before we had to get into something shitty and terrible.
1: Well then I hope that was good because we're about to get into something
0: shitty and terrible. <laughs> Woohoo! I had a great time with Billy. It was good. All right, I like it all right morse code shits anyway (laughs) it's true
1: (coughs) so today y'all are stuck with me hi how are you hey we're gonna be talking about the murder of nancy rents which is r-e-n-t-z just for like i don't know a visual of this okay so we're gonna jump right into it love it are you ready
0: i think so all right count me in all right three 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 Two.
1: This is terrible. Okay. One,
0: one, one, one.
1: So Nancy Rents... (laughs) (laughs) Nancy Rents was born in Canada. A? Alberta, Canada. In 1973. What's that about? Oh, my goodness. Already. I'm, like, a sentence (laughs) in, my guy. You're not even. (laughs) So... She grew up in Edmonton, and if you recall, Edmonton was the same place that Mark Twitchell was in. Bitchell Twitchell! Bitchell Schnitzel
0: Twitch- no, oh my gosh. Bitchell Schnitzel? Honestly, whatever you want.
1: So it's the same, same place, not obviously the same time, but just thought that was interesting. Very. She was very into sports growing up. She was very athletic, and she was described as fun and kind, maybe a little bit dorky, but like in a good way. Same girl and she was very smart she did well in school she loved art and fashion and all kinds of things like that and later on she ended up like running her own clothing store on the side why is that so cute it was not her like full-time gig but it was something that she enjoyed doing so that's what she did on the side Um, as she grew up her dorky side short sort of like melded into a career in tech And she was doing very well. In the 90s, she got a job working for IBM, which is one of the largest tech companies in the world. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. She was kind of on top of the world. And this is where she met Bradley Cooper.
0: Are you being real? Not that Bradley Cooper. I was like, that man does not wear deodorant, and I cannot stand that.
1: Oh my God, I didn't. Why would you ruin him like that for me?
0: My roommate's mom loves Bradley Cooper, and every time she brings it up, we're like, he doesn't wear deodorant. What else do you need to know? But there's so many good movies.
1: I don't know. American Sniper was really good. I never watched Asar is Born. I literally could not care less. I liked it. But like, The Hangover, Hangover 2,
0: Hangover 3, like, how many Hangover's you gonna make? Here's the thing. I, first of all, you can never have enough hangovers and by that I mean not the movie you just never know when you're gonna stop having hangovers, (laughs) (laughs) so it kind of makes sense that you don't know when the movies will stop either I do like what he's involved in he's usually associated with things that I think are funny or like very good but something about him just gives me like the eeks and then I found out about the deodorant thing and I was like confirmed Well, more for me then. Good for you. (laughs) Also, I did look her up and she just looks so kind. She has really sweet eyes, which is a weird thing to say, but I feel like I have the weirdest compliments for people.
1: I like that about you. I don't know. But she's, I mean, she's, she's tall. She's thin. She's like plain Jane looking. She's pretty. She's just, she
0: just looks normal. Yeah. She looks, I don't know. I see some photos with her with children. I don't know if she has kids of her own or if these are other people's, but she just looks warm and welcoming and what you'd want your mom to look like. Sure. Which is sweet.
1: Yeah, well, don't don't have your heart set on that
0: don't. too oh. much. Oh. So.
1: Okay, continue. So, she met Bradley Cooper and not the millionaire, unfortunately. Good for her. Continue. But here, um, nope, that's not where I... This is where she met Brad Cooper. So he goes by Brad. Ooh. And he, like Nancy, was born in 1973. He also grew up in Alberta, Canada. And he also started working at IBM in Calgary, which is the location that they worked at.
0: Interesting. So Hold on. Where did you say this was? Canada. Canada. Thank you. For now. We're okay. going to.
1: We're going to. Switch over. You I always stay
0: tuned. Forget that Bitchel Schnitzel started in Canada. That's all.
1: Bitchel Schnitzel started and ended in Canada.
0: I forgot that Bitchel Schnitzel was in Canada for the whole time.
1: Yes. So uh, this one we start out in Canada, but the majority of this case is going to take place in the states. But okay. You just buckle up, little Buttercup. I'll just click my little seatbelt in. Take you on a cute little ride. All right. So they met there at work. In 1999, they were 26 years old. They were both up and coming in their field, and they were in love. Aww. Yes. Now, Nancy had dated other men before. Who hasn't, girl? She had a type. She liked outgoing men. She liked popular men. And I kind of, like, in reading these things, got the sense that she kind of went for, like, the one that talks a lot. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But that surprised everybody, because when she dated brad he was like the complete opposite of that huh so he was like quieter shy like he was he was smart and he also was athletic and he was a good person but he wasn't like i don't know the life of the party yeah he
0: didn't need to be the star of the room
1: and you know she wanted consistency she wanted stability she wanted a family and she saw that she could have that in brad right And that they could just live out their years, you know, and and they had the same interest. They were working in the same field.
0: All important things.
1: So he grew up not far from Nancy in a place called Medicine Hat, which is like (laughs) not a name that anybody would name the place of where they live.
0: Yeah. Where are you from? I'm from Medicine Hat, you know? (laughs) Yes. So they didn't know
1: each other growing up. They like met at work, but they didn't grow up super far from each other either. And he was, again, athletic, intelligent, great work a- ethic. He competed in those, like, Iron Man competitions.
0: Oh, my gosh. Okay. So he took, like, being in good shape and everything, like, very seriously. Yeah. I mean, and he took mud pits pretty seriously, apparently.
1: Yes. <laughs> yes. And shortly after, Brad proposed to Nancy, and they began planning their wedding.
0: lovers
1: they both wanted this like big extravagant wedding which is like just doesn't do it for me yeah same I just want something small and quaint with like the people that genuinely care about us to be there and I don't know I could care less about like
0: my entire high school class or you know what I mean like there's just some people that do that there are some people that I just really hope don't ever know I got married and not because I don't want that part of me to be known just because I don't want them to know that much about my life
1: well exactly and like nobody knows 400 people that are genuinely
0: happy for you no and it's
1: like sometimes I feel like the bigger the wedding the shorter the
0: marriage (laughs) sometimes I mean not always but like typically I've found the most successful weddings are the ones where the people are just excited about each other and everything else is a bonus so like if it's big they're like sick Who who'da
1: thunk <laughs> but like the celebrities that have these like 500 people in attendance and they're like broken up in a month and a half it's like i know nicely done good job you did it I'm glad you took your vows oh so seriously you but had anyway. a wedding not a marriage <laughs> yeah anyway back to nancy and brad they had every intention of having this large wedding but something came up was it death no
0: Oh, okay, that's good.
1: Brad was <laughs> you're terrible. Sorry. Brad was offered a job, a really good job. Ooh. But one that was gonna require them to move. So they're gonna have to relocate to a place that they had never been before. Got it. So they would be moving from Canada to a quaint town in North Carolina. Ooh, okay. So instead of like staying in Canada and planning this big wedding, they just sort of had to do something quick so they could move. Right. So they had a really small private ceremony at a restaurant in October of 2000. So they like met and started dating in 99. And by October of 2000, they're married. I guess when you know, you know. So I will include some of the photos from their wedding day because that's online. You can get those. So I'll make sure that those are on our Instagram page. Y'all better check it out. Mm. Not that many people went to that small ceremony, that wedding, just because like it was kind of booked like in a short notice and it was just close people like her siblings and parents were there and like a like maybe two or three friends it was very 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 small right um and it was a wedding but also like a send-off to their new life they're going to be moving to the states in this beautiful town and he's got this you know new very well-paying job and they're feeling on top of the world so the family was happy for them they're excited and they're going and I wish I could just say, like, it ended there. And it's like, and they just lived happily ever after. Yeah. But this is a true crime podcast, people. You know what you clicked
0: on. You did it. I mean, love you guys so much. But, like, how many times do we have to tell you before murders that there's going to be murder? Like, you knew it. Come on. You clicked it.
1: So (laughs) the town that they moved to is called Cary, North Carolina. And I don't know if it's, like, Cary or Cary. It's (laughs) C-A-R-Y. Oh okay so i i don't know i, I think it's a i think it's Carrie. so it is just west of raleigh and so i looked it up it's like less than 20 minutes away oh nice and i did a little bit of research about this area in north carolina because there was so much information about like how beautiful it was how great the schools were how many work opportunities they were it was like it was Im- Supposed to be this amazing place, but right. the thing that they like honed in on was saying just how safe it was. Ugh. So
0: that always gets me.
1: I know. So I have an excerpt here from one of the realty agencies um, in the area called Raleigh RaleighRealtyHomes.com.
0: Ooh. So
1: this is what was posted here. I'm going to read it to you. It says Cary, North Carolina, is constantly being ranked as one of the safest places to live in the country. In 2013, Cary was ranked as the number one safest city in the U.S. This is after the town has spent years on like the top five list, basically, is what it's saying. Part of what makes Cary so safe is directly correlated with the area being great for jobs, schools, weather, and more. When people can live a comfortable lifestyle with great educational systems and opportunities, crime stays low. One of the priorities when moving to a new location is always safety, and Cary, North Carolina is about as safe as it can get.
0: Well, let's just put a little pin in that real quick. So
1: that was a lot of different ways to say it's safe.
0: (laughs) Yes, that's a lot of non-numerical ways to say it's safe. First of all, if you're looking for the safety in a neighborhood or city, you should look at the crime rate. Because that is an actual rate that is made by either a criminologist or an analyst who can look at the actual crime data per capita and tell you how safe the place is. Instead of, it's just pretty safe. One. Two, I don't know, you guys. Nowhere is that safe. Like, Well, this place really was. I mean, that's good, but to me, that just says people aren't getting caught for the stuff they're doing. And maybe that's cynical, but I just don't think there is a place that you don't have to worry about something. And clearly, we're talking about it on this show. It wasn't that safe. Exactly.
1: And I think, you know, did crime still happen? Of course. It's not like this place was like, you know, this magical haven where that didn't happen. But there were less of the crimes that you typically associate with like cities and just like the densely populated place. I mean it's like right yeah. near the capital. So it was kind of like a suburby place just yeah. outside of it. Pretty calm, quiet, but could still get
0: to like all the excitement if you wanted to. Right. Well and to me that's where it's like I understand that there's an element of safety because if you do look into theories of crime there are a lot that have to do with actual geographic locations and you know the ways neighborhoods town cities are made up I get that so suburbs are generally safer that way anyway it's just to me it frustrates me whenever people pick a place based on the idea of safety And when something like this happens, obviously murders aren't happening every day, but you just can't say that the one crime that's going to happen in your place isn't going to be the worst crime that will end someone's life. And I think that's the thing that gets me is especially as a young woman, so many places I am just always on the outlook for safety and under the false hope that there would be less crime or less, like quote unquote dangerous to me crime. That would make me really sad. But anyway, continue.
1: Well, all right. So they spent a lot of time saying how safe it was. It it was. Mm -hmm. Again, it was a it was a genuinely pretty quaint place where you could, you know, get to fun and excitement if you wanted to and also just relax at home. It was It's really pretty. Like, if you look up pictures of it, and it still is, you know, this was, you know, this was talking about how it was in, like, the mid-2000s. It was the same way back in 2000 when they were moving, and it's pretty much the same today.
0: Oh, that is beautiful. I am looking it up. So, I want to
1: jump ahead a little bit to July 12th, 2008. Okay. One of Nancy's friends, her name was Jessica Adam. Had plans with Nancy for that morning on the 12th. And they had made plans for Nancy to come over at 8 a.m. And it wasn't like Nancy to be late to things. Especially, like, fun plans. She definitely would have, like, sent a text or called or something if she was going to be late. Okay. So when she didn't show up, she got worried because this wasn't like her. So apparently Jessica reaches out to Brad... Asking if Nancy's okay, or did she forget about the plans, or what's going on? And Brad had just kind of told her that Nancy had gone jogging, and didn't say much else. Oh. So, Jessica knew that this wasn't typical, so she called 911, sort of, like, in a panic. Yeah. And I'll take a second here to kind of give you, like, a brief overview of my sources because they're all they're all always listed below okay but there's some that so much of this came from because they did a lot of the research here so the Edmonton Journal which is also one that I looked at for the Mark Twitchell case um nice ABC News New York Daily News like and again they're all listed there and then some other ones we'll talk about later because I don't want to give anything away yet the titles might be a little (laughs)
0: got
1: it okay a little bit of a giveaway a but revealing yes so um the article that was from the edmonton journal had quoted jessica as saying in the 911 call
0: mm-hmm.
1: that i don't know what i should do her husband her and her husband are living together but they're in the middle of a divorce he is um and then trails off
0: Okay. And this so, was a 911 call? Yeah, this was this was the 911 call. So this is placed by her friend. But that's kind of ominous. It is. And so because
1: this area in North Carolina had this reputation for being so safe, it was on the news immediately that she was missing and then her case ended up gaining national attention.
0: That's amazing.
1: She's this 34-year-old beautiful mother and housewife who went for a jog in her own neighborhood and just didn't come home. And in the safest place in the country, that was very unsettling. Right. People were scared and people felt like if that can happen there, then this can definitely happen where I'm living. And it really had an eerie feeling about it.
0: Yeah, of course it would take away some of that stability. Yes. Or illusion of.
1: Illusion of. And two days later, so July 14th, 2008, a man was walking his dog in a town just outside of where they lived. Okay. And he saw a body floating in a stormwater, like, drainage area. Ugh. So he called the police immediately. They identify her body, and of course, like, you know, she's married to Brad, so it's Nancy Cooper, but they were having issues in their marriage, Right. A pending divorce that we're going to talk about in a little bit, so Heard I'm going
0: to 911 call.
1: Yeah, so I'm going to call her Nancy Rents because, from what I could tell, she had every intention of going back to her maiden name.
0: Okay, I also just think it's like a nice way to refer to her as her own person after all of this, you know.
1: Well, yeah, especially even if she was planning on keeping his name. Yeah, they were, they were getting divorced. I mean, I don't know.
0: Anyway, so continue. Nancy Rents was found in this storm drain.
1: Yes. So Kay. they find her body. It's two days later. They do an autopsy and determine that Nancy had been strangled and had suffered blunt force trauma to her head.
0: So Holy cow.
1: It was a pretty violent death.
0: Yeah. Blunt force trauma, you guys. I mean, you hear about it, but you have to think about that. That's not something that was sharp or like cut her skin. That's something dull and heavy. That was just. <sighs> anyway. Anyway.
1: And so she was strangled with such force that bones in her neck were broken.
0: Oh, my like gosh. Like, that's how tight
1: that grasp was. Like, I struggle to undo, like, this, the child safety lids <laughs> on, like, my Advil.
0: I can attest you do struggle with that. <laughs> Don't I?
1: It's fucking, it's a fucking tragedy. And, but I can't imagine the strength that that takes.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. <sighs>
1: So because this case had just overnight become this national story, people came out of the woodwork and gave their two cents on what they think happened. Who doesn't? Because that's always how these things go. So local and national news agencies kind of throw their spins on it. These like celebrity psychoanalysts come out and say, well, I'm going to solve this. Yeah, it's a...
0: You can tell from this picture taken 13 years ago where she's standing with her arms crossed that she doesn't love him and she never will. (laughs) Seriously. And that's, you know, and that's to be
1: expected, unfortunately, in these cases, but... It really swayed a lot of the public opinion.
0: Right. Understandably so.
1: So, you know, when people are pointing fingers and want their 15 minutes and have a lot to say, um, a lot of those fingers ended up being pointed at Brad. Also
0: kind of common in things like this, you look at the people closest first.
1: Well, exactly. And they looked at it as it's almost always the intimate partner Pending divorce, that doesn't really work out well for him. You yeah, know, it
0: doesn't look great for you're his more
1: li- case. You're more likely to be killed by someone you know. Like you're more likely to kill me than a stranger is. I
0: don't think I want to do that. Is that okay? I would totally appreciate that. Thank you. <sighs> I guess I'll work on it.
1: Thank you. So,
0: kidding. Sorry. <laughs> Continue.
1: <laughs> so we expect in these cases. To look into the spouse first. That's just standard. Right. But coupled with the fact that he's in decent shape, so he's strong enough to have overpowered her. Right. um, The fact that they are, you know, looking toward divorce and the fact that statistically it was more likely to be him. It kind of all leans toward him.
0: Yeah. A lot of fingers get pointed that way just by the tilt of the weight
1: and i mean people went so far as to say that it must be because she's such a good athlete he's jealous of her being such a good athlete
0: i love that masculinity is so fucking fragile (laughs) and so well these were women
1: saying that about him that he must have felt this way and he's like no yeah But that's what i mean people just assume that like and insane it just it made me. I'm like, what? Like, they're in there. Like, she's 35. Like, unless she's like trying to be an Olympian right now. Like, what does that? Like, what, what stakes could that have possibly held? I don't know.
0: Right. And you know, unfortunately, in this day and age, 35 in the Olympics is near the end of a career, probably. Like, they're like they have two kids. Like, please, okay. So, so I'm just gonna put a little pin in this so that the audience can hear my take. I'm listening to this and I'm thinking, and I like we talked about, there are a lot of things that point to it potentially being a Mr. Cooper. But I just want to throw out there for anybody listening that also, A, doesn't make him guilty, and B, if he is, it doesn't have to do with those things. You can be a husband that is in good shape with a fitter wife who's getting divorced and be totally fine. But from my thought process, um, it all sounds really great on paper and because there are, it sounds like so many sources confirming sort of the story on how they got to the U S um, and that transition of like, it was an exciting job promotion and they were both happy and having a good time. That's a green flag for me. If that hadn't been so consistent, that would be a much bigger red flag. Cause that's pretty typical abuser actions would be to like isolate someone first, but it doesn't sound like that's what this is.
1: So I'm going to take out the pin you
0: put in before and we're going to put a pin in that. Sick. All right. So let's unpin the story and go back to it. Okay. Okay. Sorry. The board's got a lot of pins. So many
1: pins. (laughs) So the same like Edmonton article that I mentioned earlier. Yeah. Had some information from Brad's legal team. So Brad obtained a a lawyer. As you should. And there were a lot of people commenting on the fact that they didn't see him at some of the memorials, some of the vigils, some of the um gatherings and ceremonies that they had had for him. Well or, that's excuse me, for her.
0: Cool, but also local and national news. There's probably a lot fucking going on in the midst of grief. Well,
1: and so, you know, they're saying well the the murderer wouldn't dare show up and and all of these things. And so um this is what one of his attorneys was quoted as saying in like a statement he made to the press it said brad cooper is a very private man he is not accustomed to the hot glare of the media spotlight he never dreamed that he would see his face splashed across television news shows nor his name and headlines especially not under these terrible circumstances different people grieve in different ways and mr cooper wishes to mourn privately
0: i think that's a reasonable
1: request this reminds me of gone girl
0: Yes. Have you seen
1: it? Yeah. If you haven't seen or read the book, it's really, it's really a comment on how quick society is to jump onto a very easy narrative. And that
0: being said, I
1: mean, it really did look like he did it.
0: Yeah. Well, and I mean, this is like perfect timing, right? Honestly, the cases you've been doing have been great mid-Japanese series, but that's kind of the same thing that happens there. Is people decide who they think did it and look for evidence for that theory
1: yeah the confirmation bias right and now i'm not saying that's the case in this i'm saying when i got to this point in the story this is what made me think of this i thought of gone girl i thought of sort of like okay well his legal team makes a good point but then there's all these other things that are like really easy to interpret in different ways and right and all of that so if you haven't seen that movie or read that book i highly
0: recommend it and also, you guys, it's been a while. It's like, oh, it's been over 10 years. It's if been it's out. on your list and it's been on your list for a long time, get it off your list. This is your sign.
1: You should go do that. So this case with Nancy and Brad, again, is feeling kind of like reminiscent where it was just, you know, it starts with just this couple who's kind of kept to themselves. And all of a sudden it's like overnight their they're household names and it's this horrific situation. And right. this mom is found dead. It's terrible but the da or excuse me the assistant da yes howard cummings said <laughs> that uh, you're terrible said <laughs> that looking at brad cooper was looking at an abusive husband whose reaction was muted and dull he said quote i've been doing this for 25 years and i've seen unfortunately a lot of middle to upper class husbands kill their wives and it's classic the way they act so, he also commented that in a lot of domestic homicide cases, there's usually a lot of things under the surface that are going on, a lot of things behind closed door, maybe not yeah. everybody knows about, a lot of emotional abuse, maybe before there's physical abuse. That, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So, investigators began looking into their marriage and really trying to put some pieces together of what the hell was going on. Right. Right. So, remember, Nancy had moved to Cary, North Carolina, because of Brad. Right. Because his work brought them there in 2000. But they weren't U.S. citizens, and Nancy didn't have the work visa that she would have needed to work here. And she became bored and didn't like being housewife. She liked the field that she was in. She was right, productive and efficient in that field and had wished she could have done that, but she didn't have the proper documentation to be able to do that. So she got bored she got lonely she got sad and she went to visit some family in canada in 2002 so this was two years that they've been living in the states right and said that she wasn't exactly looking forward to going back to north carolina because she still wanted to feel like her own person she was very dependent on him she really couldn't do anything yeah and He controlled everything.
0: Well, and that's a hard situation to be put in, especially because it sounds like she really did feel fulfilled and satisfied with the work she did. And that's how they met. You know, people are taught. I mean, I don't think rightfully so. But if people are talking about him being upset that she's like more fit than he is. What about her? Doesn't she get to be upset at the fact that he got this tremendous opportunity for a career they both shared and loved and she had to stop working entirely for him to pursue that? That would sting a little, I think.
1: I think there's a lot of under the surface things that didn't didn't really all come out until, unfortunately, this happened and people started sort of comparing notes and talking about things and... Over time, while they were living there, things did get better. It was not like she was miserable the whole time. The first couple of years were tough, but she made friends in her neighborhood. She liked the area. She liked the people that she met. She just didn't good. necessarily enjoy being married to Brad.
0: Okay. Like, she liked
1: <laughs> she liked North Carolina yes. and the people. She made great friends. She was having a good time there, but it was great g- husband and wife dynamic. Great
0: community life, but not so much a good marital life. There you go. Okay.
1: So they had two children. They had their first daughter in 2004 and their second in 2006. Their mm-hmm. names are out there, but for their privacy, because I believe one of them's an adult now and the other one I th- got to be like, what, 16? Uh, yeah,
0: that's good to keep their privacy.
1: I want to keep that. For them. So if you choose to look them up, I can't stop you. But they're not really integral to the story. So. They're, you know, having the two kids didn't exactly fix their marriage. Um, it never does.
0: What? The whole let's have a screaming, crying, needing thing uh, won't fix all of our communication problems? You got it. Damn.
1: So having kids did not fix the marriage. And... It ended up, you know, their, their rocky marriage just sort of became more and more unstable over time and things got increasingly bad in sort of the beginning of 2008. I would say late 2007, early 2008 when Brad was cheating. And oh
0: no, some
1: reports say that one of the women that he was cheating with was actually one of Nancy's closer friends. <sighs> so that stung more. Wait, one of yeah there's a there's a couple of
0: fuck dude
1: well hold on we we're, we're, we're getting more all right so at this time Nancy had sought out legal advice good girl just to, just to find out what her options were because she wanted she wanted to like take the kids and go back to Canada just go see her family go be with her family again right but she was advised that if she did that, then she risked losing any of the financial stability that she had there and losing custody of her kids Ugh. because you can't just flee with them. And they were right. born in the U.S. And, and all of that. So that was a whole thing. So Nancy had confided in her family about what was going on. She was really close with her family. Um, She was especially close with her brother jeff who was a police officer in canada her twin sister krista and then she had another sister named jill and her parents and everyone was sort of in agreement that yeah brad was kind of being a dink but nancy wasn't being really great either and more of that ends up sort of coming out too um just they had a rocky marriage and Nancy had even told them that she didn't feel unsafe. She just wasn't happy.
0: Right. Well, and the other thing, too, is you can have two great people in a relationship and they can just not be right for each other and end up bringing out the shittier sides. It doesn't make them bad people necessarily, but a bad marriage does not mean somebody was right to do anything or I don't know, or that there's always someone who's blameless it's never the case well Well, almost never the case
1: and the issue is here is that the family came to visit from canada they like went on this vacation in like the beginning of summer right so just before she died in 2008 so the family came and they all spent time together and apparently when nancy was bringing them to the airport for them to go home She was crying and she just said she just wanted to go home with them. And this was just like days before she went missing.
0: Well, and the other... I mean, I get that. I also wouldn't necessarily mean that's an immediate reflection of her life there. Like, every time I go home, I'm like, I don't want to leave because it's home. It feels like home, no matter how good things are other places.
1: Well, exactly. And so... This came out to the investigators, you know, after her body's been found, but they said, like, we just saw her recently, and this is what she said, so can you look more into this? So, again, they're, like, trying to peel back even more layers of their relationship and sort of what was going on. And so, in talking with the friends that she was closest with in the States, some other things came up. So... Apparently, Brad had lied to Nancy about her um, work visa application. He had said that he had processed it, but he didn't. And Oh, weird. So, yeah. So, he said he had, like, filed the papers and, like, maybe she just wasn't approved. But instead, she just... He just didn't do the paperwork. He controlled all the money and she couldn't really spend money without him knowing about it. Okay. Supposedly. And, again, this is all, like, from what other people have said. He's denied these things. Okay. Um, you know, he wouldn't fill her gas tank in her car so that she couldn't go that far. Like, she would could get around, but she couldn't, like...
0: Like, up half a sp- tank for a while. Up yeah. and
1: skip town, you know. Apparently, he had um, access to, like, her phone calls. He could, like, listen in on her or he would listen in on her. Oh, and, that's weird. And he kept access to her emails. So she couldn't send or receive emails that he wasn't privy to other people close to her said that she would keep her car keys in her pocket at all times just in case she needed to leave and that huh. she didn't often sleep in the bedroom that they shared she would either sleep like on the couch or she would sleep in like their girls rooms right so do you remember jessica adam from earlier the one who made the first 911 yes. call so she was beside herself that she was the first one to call 911 to report her missing, and that Brad didn't do that, that Brad wasn't at all concerned about her not being back. And the clause came out.
0: Ooh, Jessica. Yes. Okay.
1: So in an article from ABC News, she was quoted as saying that he was socially inept, selfish, moody, and unpredictable. Hmm. Yes. And Jessica also said that he was verbally cruel to Nancy and repeatedly denied her money. And she said that as soon as she became worried when Nancy didn't show to their plans, she immediately thought it was Brad and that he must have done something to her. And you can kind of hear her hear it in her voice in the 911 call. Like, she's kind of like, well, they were together, but. Uh, uh. Yeah. So, you know, she was just murdered. Emotions were running very high. The family is grieving. They have all of these questions. Everyone wants to point fingers. And on top of that, it's national headline. Right. So everyone's got an opinion. Everyone's got something to say. So I want to switch gears to the affidavit that Brad wrote. Okay. Because this is sort of his response to all of these accusations. So he said that at the time that he had had an affair... And he came clean about it. Okay. She had also admitted that she had had an affair. Okay. And they sort of agreed to work on their marriage. They had both not been happy. They had both been seeking other pleasure. I don't know how to (laughs) put that. They had both been cheating on each other. That was not an open marriage by any means. And so they were trying to
0: reconcile. Okay. I can appreciate that. Um,
1: he also said that they had been going to marriage counseling together. Nice. So they were trying to rectify their issues. And in a healthy way, which is good. And in April of 2008, um, it just, it didn't seem that the measures they were taking to rectify things were cutting it because she initiated separation proceedings. Okay. So... She had worked with her attorney to write up an agreement. And at the time of her murder, he had not signed it.
0: Okay. So this was,
1: you know, this was... And uh, those things take time. So it was in April, but I'm sure, like, that's maybe when it started to be drafted and things like that. I mean, they were trying, but I th- maybe they both just sort of knew. Right. That it, they they weren't going to stick it out. So... He wanted to highlight that he was a very present father. So they're like, yeah, maybe my marriage wasn't fantastic. We both made mistakes. Right. You know, Um, but he said, I'm a great dad and I made sure that they were taken care of. He said that the reason he had to be so strict with the money was because she had a very severe like shopping issue and she would she spent over forty five thousand dollars in like on her credit cards. Right. And that was money that ultimately he ended up paying back over time but he really wasn't aware of what was being spent he said that he would just like find the bills but he was the breadwinner so what he he thought his understanding of his finances were weren't that um
0: yeah well and that's what
1: yeah that's what he said was like the reason why everything was so
0: sort of under lock and key was because he didn't have a choice. Yes, yes and no. And I will say to his point of, you know, doing your best to be a good dad, I could actually see that being an underlying motive for a lot of these things. I think a lot of times people think of relationships as an isolated unit, but especially with a family involved. Like, yeah, it sucks maybe that she couldn't get whatever she wanted for fun as often as she wanted to, but they had kids to look out for. So whether or not the shopping problem was current... Um, he was still working on rectifying that and they had to make sure their kids were good. But also I was going to say, I think that the keys thing or more than the keys thing, but the gas tank could have also been him trying to keep her from taking the kids and running. Since it sounds like every time she talked about wanting to leave, she wanted to do that with the kids. So I kind of understand that it is still controlling behavior.
1: Well, and that's if it's true.
0: Precisely. That's a big fat asterisk if that's true. We
1: can't ask Nancy, did you really keep your keys on you all the time?
0: Blah, blah, blah. Well, and the other thing, all due respect, but um, if you can confidently say, I am a great parent, that scares me a little.
1: Well, he's, I don't know that he said he's like this fantastic, but he said he was present. He was there and he yeah. was a good dad. He did his best. He would make sure that his kids didn't want for anything. Yeah, he made sure that they had healthy food available to them. He made he made a point to note that like he knew who their teachers were, and he he knew their schedules, their routines, what their interests were. Yeah, he wasn't involved. He wasn't absent to the point where he didn't actually know his kids. Like, sure they were there, but he didn't know them as people. Right. I mean, and and they're still little kids at this time. Yeah. So also important to keep in mind. But he was aware of their routine, their schedule. He was a part of it. Right. He also said that he made it a point that one one of the weekend days, she did not have to worry about the kids. She could go have a day. She could do what she wanted and he would stay home and they called it mommy's day off. Wait, that's very sweet. So he was trying to say that, yeah, even if our marriage wasn't fantastic, we were good parents. Right. And we did what we
0: could for the kids.
1: And we tried to be respectful.
0: And... In the bounds of how it affected the kids. I give that a lot more credit. I think originally I was like, I don't know if I'd ever feel confident being like, I'm a great parent. But that makes sense. And it was important to highlight, too. Probably for his reputation, which was being dragged through the mud, regardless of whether or not he deserved it.
1: Yes. And this is all in his affidavit because, again, no one has been formally charged at this point. Right. So... When this happened, the children were removed from his custody and it was really difficult to try to figure out the sequence of events with that. If it was okay. DCYF or if like other family members just said, we'll take them and then like applied for some kind of temporary guardianship or something. It was very difficult to understand because he was not happy with it. He right was not, he did not agree that he shouldn't have custody of them especially because even in the separation agreement that she had drafted and signed that she agreed like shared custody all of that stuff so he's like how can you deny me even partial custody right now when you even have it in writing from her
0: that she would have been comfortable and confident with that as a solution yeah, so that
1: that was sort of what he pointed to to say that you know I am a fit and proper parent
0: well, and all, I also think it's good that it was hard to find the sequence of events, especially with minors. They deserve to have that privacy, but it does make it hard in cases like this to figure out which came first.
1: And her family, so the rents side of the family. The rents rents? Yes, the rents rents were <laughs> applying for more permanent custody. And this obviously ruffled feathers yes and so the clause came out because you know they're saying he did this 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 you know just a few days before she was dead she had said she wanted to come home and and that he's abusive and i'm not saying that he wasn't abusive in fact it he was
0: (laughs) yeah sure seems it
1: but i'm saying that it's important to trust but verify with a lot of this information and leave room for interpretation because that's what everyone else did when they were writing this shit down (laughs) so he's coming out at them saying. Y'all just have a shit ton of money. And they did. They were very well off. You know, they're trying to pay their way into getting the kids away from him. And pointed some fingers about some of the maybe criminal acts in the family. Basically just pointing fingers at Donna, which was Nancy's mom. Saying that she had fallen asleep at the wheel driving several times and had, like, seven car accidents in this, like, very short period <laughs> of time. And that, I don't know if he was trying to say that, like, she was, like, dr- driving Having drunk him, yeah. or something like that. But saying, like, she's got her own arrests Shit and to things with. that are going yeah. on. Let's not pretend that didn't happen. So, by October in 2008, no one has been charged. So, a few months have passed. A lot of suspicions still point to Brad. Um, a lot of people really can't rationalize any other motive, like any that anyone else would have. Right. Um. She wasn't sexually assaulted when her like when the autopsy was done. So that was something that people thought could have been a motive, and that wasn't. So was it just rage because of a divorce? Right. A lot of people are saying that. So the FBI had done some sleuthing if you will (laughs) and they had found this forensic cyber evidence on brad's either computer or cell phone i think it was computer and he had google searched the area that her body was found in the day before it was found or the day before she went missing
0: weird okay
1: so if she goes missing on the 12th on the 11th he's looking this up the 12th she goes missing the 14th her body's found
0: Ooh. In, th- in that place okay
1: now in his affidavit he said that he'd never heard of that place before and the only time he ever looked into it was when he was informed that that's where her body was found okay but they're saying absolutely not we can see this we per see this. your browsing
0: yeah. history
1: we can see you google mapped the shit out of this <laughs> and they're Bullshit radars are like going off. Beep, 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 beep. Yeah. So the police chief announced that uh Brad Cooper had been formally charged with first degree murder on October twenty seventh of two thousand. So in his affidavit he said that he had never heard of that place. That was a lie. That gave them reason to
0: A lie detector test determined that was a lie. That's exactly
1: it. Thanks. So <laughs> This happened in 2008. It wasn't until March 2011 that the trial began, which is typical. It normally takes some time. Yeah. So prosecutors had said that Brad had killed her either when she was sleeping or had caught her off guard and made sure that the children didn't see anything and then used her phone to make it look like she was using it. Well, it is. And so they're saying that he because he was so good at tech he just made sure to use her phone to make it look like she was using it okay um kept the kids out of it because obviously he you know was such a good dad so he wouldn't let them see anything just and yeah <laughs> for his motive it was the divorce he was angry at her she was gonna move away it was gonna split up the family it was gonna make it so we couldn't see his kids it was gonna be expensive because he was gonna pay a shit ton of alimony and and all kinds of things So they're like he's got a pretty good motive yeah. So the trial was two months long, and the jury returned from deliberation and they found him guilty of first degree murder. Okay. Which was a life sentence. So Yikes. after his conviction, advocacy groups came out with like free Brad slogans and T-shirts and signs mm-hmm. and things like that, and they were trying to raise money to fund his appeal. And a lot of people believed that the trial should have been held somewhere else to avoid a biased jury. Because obviously, these were people in this very safe town who were clutching their pearls at, you know. A murder. Well, naturally. But I mean, like, even smaller things. Those things just didn't happen there. So Right. Not here. And they were beside themselves. I mean, obviously, no matter what, that's disturbing and scary.
0: Right. Well, and the other thing, too, here is because there are so many common, and I don't want to say common as in this is frequent for everybody, but when you do see a couple and one of them is the perpetrator of a crime like this, there are a lot of motives that you see frequently because of high emotions, and this has so many of them. I definitely understand how easy it is. I'm just not convinced.
1: Well, and I think it it kind of goes a handful of ways so right these people who are you know free brad um have a lot to say about this again with the jury saying that this was inappropriate this should have been held somewhere else that i agree with. there was no way you could have had an unbiased jury you're an idiot (laughs) um the website, which is freebradcooper.wordpress.com, which is one that I didn't want to mention at the beginning because obviously <laughs> would yeah. uh, would just take away a little bit, I think. But um, this, is, this is a quote from this website. I'm going to read it to you. And it's a little bit long, so w- bear with me. But this is the foundation of what they are saying pokes holes in the prosecu- prosecution's case. Okay. And... It has everything to do with the computer piece of the prosecution's evidence. Fascinating. So what his Google search was. So Brad Cooper, an IT engineer residing in Cary, North Carolina, was framed for the murder of his wife, Nancy Cooper, in 2008. The case has all the hallmark signs of a wrongful conviction. Tunnel vision, confirmation bias, mishandled evidence, destroyed evidence witness coercion, exclusion of exculpatory evidence, and a failure to investigate alternative suspects. Further, the state abused their power in an unprecedented move by hiding behind national security to avoid proper discovery rules. The judge went along with it. The only evidence linking Brad Cooper to Nancy's death was Google Map files found on his computer. The files appeared to be a search of the area where Nancy's body had been found, and it would have taken place the day before she disappeared. There were multiple irrefutable signs of tampering found on the computer by Brad's defense experts. A careful analysis revealed that the map files were planted on the machine. The jury would never hear the evidence, and Brad was convicted of first-degree murder. So they're saying that his defense team had evidence that the investigators had tampered with it and moved like the dates and things or whatever, and saying that the judge never allowed that to be admissible in court. So the jury never was privy to that information. Right.
0: So how... I'm wondering how they figure that out. Where's the edit history on files? What is the the about info? You know how you can kind of like right-click on a file and it'll say like, get info or whatever. Um, I don't know if it would be in that history or not, but what's interesting to me here is the idea that they could potentially plant evidence and somebody who is that good with computers on his own wouldn't have figured that out. I think it's kind of a red flag to assume somebody good in IT with technology would be um, obtuse enough to overlook something like that if he were to be the perpetrator of this. Well, and that's
1: that's the thing is because uh, I can see both sides of this. And I'm really trying to show both sides of You're this. You're doing a good job. Because there's a lot here that's really just subjective.
0: It's all circumstantial. And a lot of circumstantial evidence can show you a lot of circumstances around what happened. But it's not the objective truth.
1: And in this case, there's people on one side saying... The tech guy wouldn't have been dumb enough to have Googled on his computer this place <laughs> that he was gonna bring, like he would have gone there, he would have found a way to scope out this place without just Google mapsing it right. <laughs> before then. Brad's defense team also said that apparently, and again, because we're not really privy to this stuff, that there there was evidence of campering and like you could see edits being made that shouldn't have been made or whatever and saying that brad being the tech guy that he is would have known that or whatever and i don't know that his like tech experience was like in this specifically right so it's kind of rich to say that to just give him
0: the benefit of the doubt that yeah, he would know
1: better that he must have known that but i also think it's pretty standard like search history wise i think even you don't have to be a techie person to know that like that's going to get traced to you
0: right and at this point in 2008 it's not like that was new I mean novel in terms of overall history but not in terms of like personal use and it does seem interesting to me like I'm very back and forth I could really see how this could have been him in the same breath, I am maybe too skeptical sometimes of our system. And I don't know, I was just always raised to respectfully question authority, but to question authority nonetheless. And so while there are so many things that make me feel like it was possible for him to do this, and maybe even probable just with the sheer amount of possibility, um, I also really don't like how Easy it is to craft an argument for an appeal it it does seem like there was a failure to look for other suspects it does seem like exculpatory evidence was you know excluded from the trial and it sounds like because of the jury and the location of it I don't know if you guys have ever done jury duty I've had the blessing of being called to a jury duty summons two or three times already and First of all, super fun. I've always wanted to be on a jury, and I never have, and I'm pissed about it because I probably never will but um two of those times, I saw people I knew, so it's not hard to run into people you know, even in bigger areas like a Chicagoland area, because your jury summons are for local places, so it is kind of insane to me that somewhere that run like gets off on calling themselves super safe, has a murder, and then they don't even think to change the county. That's interesting to me.
1: It is. And they pointed to that, too, saying that, well, of course, you know, so at this point they're saying that the jury from the start was against him. They're saying that the evidence that the prosecution had was fake. And then they also point to Nancy's family saying that because they are wealthy they could afford these like very expensive lawyers in terms of like i think f- for the custody for the kids i think that that sort of played a role too okay yeah that so makes sense. they're sort of trying to poke holes in this and there's more information about like the files and how they could tell and blah blah, blah. and i don't speak that language i know you don't it's out there <laughs> i am lucky if i can use word that's just how i am I'm not proud of it, but it's me. Take me as I am. <laughs> so I, again, don't understand that lingo, but there apparently is some sort of credit there. Yes. That it's worth considering. And regardless, frustrating that it wasn't allowed in court for the jury to decide. Right. So that was what their, their issue was here. So in 2013, so a couple years later, Um, Brad Cooper's legal team appeals the conviction, which you can do literally every day of the week if you want. Yep. But they won their appeal.
0: Good.
1: Were granted a new trial. Nice. And then Brad took a plea deal. So he pled guilty to second degree murder and was sentenced to 12 to 15 years in prison. So... He had already served five, so that was going to count toward this 12 to 15. Um, another condition of this plea deal was that he had to fully terminate parental rights to the uh, kids. Okay. So uh, up until this point, they were staying with Nancy's twin sister, Krista. She was raising them. Okay. And so they, she was granted sort of full custody.
0: Parental guardianship or yes. whatever, yeah.
1: And the family was very happy to keep it that way.
0: Well, naturally.
1: They were disappointed in how short of a sentence he received, obviously, um, because they believe fully that he did it. But they were relieved that Brad and Nancy's daughters weren't going to have to see the trial because at least through the first one, they were so young. Now they're older. Right. They would know what was being said. They would know how their parents were being talked about. And they were relieved that it spared them that. And a lot of people saying that, you know, how could Brad have taken a plea deal if he really didn't do it?
0: There's a lot of people that take plea deals who don't commit the crime for which they're pleading, you know? So in his case, he
1: said that he didn't trust the system to have saved him. He said it, it didn't. It didn't save me the first time. It's not going to save me this time. So I will cut my losses because I believe that I will just get sentenced to the same shit again.
0: Well, and here's the thing. I do appreciate that perspective, especially as someone who, you know, like I said, it is hard for me to like get on the bandwagon for someone to get burned at the stake when I know witches were only burned because they were women who could do math or lived through like an illness. So... Clearly, as a human race, we don't always have the best history in deciding who we convict for things or who we decide are guilty for things. And I don't really blame him in terms of wanting to reduce further harm to himself. Where it gets me is he made such a big fuss about being an involved and, you know, capable parent that giving up guardianship and parental rights is not easy for anyone and to just do that to get less time in prison I don't know at some point you have to think hey it's been three years that I'm here already before my appeals gone through at least I can see my kids on visit days now where is that
1: well the judge on the case said that too he was he or she I don't remember they said that they were basically shocked that he would so quickly just terminate you know he was like it was like you forfeited your kids just like that you know just for this and right. and in one way i i can see that because you know i'm not a parent but i can't wrap my head around any situation that would make me feel compelled to do that right or feel that i needed to but the other piece of it is say- is I can see on Brad's side maybe being, okay, well, they're going to be teenagers soon. Right. You know, by the time I'm out of here, they'll be adults and they can maybe, maybe at that point they can make their own decision. So I may have terminated rights, but that does not mean that I've terminated a relationship with them. Right. Potentially. I mean, you know that Nancy's family who's raising them and is loving them and taking
0: care of them. What they think. Are, yeah, yeah, we
1: know where they stand and they're probably never going to like bring them to go see him or something like that. Yeah, that's going to have to be a sneak out of the house
0: kind of deal, I'm assuming.
1: But as as adults, maybe they could have some kind of relationship. So in my mind, that was maybe where he was coming from. But
0: I do get that. And especially with the fact that they were older and even with a reduced sentence of seven to 10 more years in prison, that's a long time in a child's life. The thing for me is really that whole in between. I understand not wanting someone to see you in prison. I mean, I worked at a halfway house. I've heard stories on stories on stories of men that have gone into a federal prison And just cut off their family because they didn't want their family to see them there. Mm -hmm. And I get that. There's an element of shame. It is gruesome and dirty and gross and not somewhere that you like want to have family time. I get that. But how much of a relationship are you coming back to seven to 12 years later or 10 years later to kids that you said, okay, see you later I got to go to prison for a couple years. Maybe we'll, maybe I'll catch you on the flip side. And I'm, I'm not saying he was that flippant about it, but we don't know. And that's part of the problem. It leaves a lot of room for speculation and with the history of the choices he made and the things he chose to get loud about, that is more compelling to me in an argument of his guilt than anything else. Not the plea bargain as it as it stands as a plea bargain not um the fact that they were getting a divorce not the fact that he cheated on her none of that it's how easily he assumed either he could get those relationships back or disregard them i agree some things you just have to reap the consequences of and you can't undo
1: And I've tried really hard to try to look at all different sides of this and put myself in each person's position. And honestly, they're all terrible.
0: They suck. They're all
1: bad. Not, I don't mean the people, but I mean, all the situations, all the perspectives, all of that pain on every side of it is horrible.
0: Well, and at the end of the day, comparing pain just gets you more pain, but agreed. And I, I think that you did a really good job of presenting both sides of this because I, At this point in time, I do feel like I lean more towards a guilty verdict, but any one of those things on its own, again, wouldn't do it for me. None of that would be enough.
1: Well, and I want to talk about sort of some differing comments afterwards. So from what I could tell in my research, Brad didn't make any further statement After this plea and everything. Just that he's innocent but feared that it would just be the second unfair trial that he would have. And he just was not up for that. Some sources say that during the actual, like, plea agreement while he was in court that he admitted to strangling her. And admitted that he did that because the divorce was going to be so expensive for him. And that she was going to take the kids. Which was what everyone was... Thinking Speculating anyway, was yeah. the motive anyway. But not every source said that, and to me That's kind of a big deal. That would be like the headline of my article if I were to write one. Hey, on this. you were right. Yeah. You know, he admits it, not just he accepts this plea deal but maintains his innocence. I think that would have been a bigger, you know, because they're contradictory. You can't. It's really difficult to say I didn't do this, but I'm gonna I'm gonna sign here on this now, look, line Look,
0: look, I'm not guilty of assault and murder. I just strangled her to death. It, like, you know <laughs> what I mean? Yeah. You know? Cool, 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 cool. <laughs> no doubt no doubt
1: not me. Uh uh-uh. So, when you look Sheet. at it that way, it's kind of difficult, you know, because again, you can see all the different sides of it. So, that's what everyone said he was gonna do anyway. There's some sources that say that is what he said. I couldn't find anything definitive or like a video of it or Confirmation, something, yeah. something like that. And to me, that just means that like maybe someone stretched it or... Or
0: misunderstood a plea bargain, you know. Or he really did and
1: it just didn't make the headlines because people were over it.
0: Right. Because he said exactly what they thought they were going to say. It's not as juicy anymore. Right. So
1: that could be it. So... I want to focus a little bit on what Nancy's family is up to. I would love it. Nancy's family went on to create a program for women in um, domestic violence and abusive relationships as a sort of resource center and place for them to go. Um, I'm not going to include the name because it's actually designed to like not be this big public thing. It's supposed Ooh. to be this sort of invisible place that if you've heard about it and you need it, you can go to, but it doesn't come with the stigma of like the big sign out front. And yeah,
0: there's no like giant rain thing r- in front of the building you're walking into. Yes. So
1: yeah. I'm not going to look into it more. I didn't try very hard to find it. Cause I like that sentiment.
0: Do you, do you know if it was in North Carolina or in Canada? It's in Canada. Okay.
1: Yeah. It's in Canada. And The idea is, again, to give women a place for safety. A place to be calm. To give people resources to talk about what options are. To have some of these women together so that they can sort of support each other. Process and heal and connect, yeah. And the person that actually spearheads this is her sister, Jill. Mm. They also have a charity that is designed to donate funds to helping victims rebuild their lives so it will help with housing and things like that Uh. to try to get them back on their feet even if they've got kids and even if they don't have this work history or things like that it's all donation run right and can get them sort of back on their feet so they are trying to help women that they feel are in the same situation as nancy and they feel like they got to nancy too late Uh. they feel like the signs were there and no one put them together. And I think they feel a lot of guilt about that. And they're yeah. trying to put something positive back into the world in her memory instead. I love that. So back to Brad. He was released from Mountain View Correctional Institution in Spruce Pine, North Carolina in 2020 wow and hell of a time
0: to get released
1: yes (laughs) as if the world wasn't different enough already yeah from when you went away and he was deported back to canada he didn't have proper citizenship right he was a felon uh, he got sent back so he is somewhere in canada cool cool cool. but i think this is an interesting case for a lot of reasons i think it's important to talk about domestic abuse and relationships and it doesn't matter if you are in a very high crime area or the lowest crime area does not mean that you are immune to violence doesn't
0: mean that you're immune to abuse in relationships it doesn't mean that your neighbors are and in case you're experiencing that and you're wondering i just looked this up because i thought it would be helpful to throw in there Our National Domestic Violence Hotline in the United States is 1-800-799-7233. Or if you're concerned an abuser might hear you and you have access to texts on your own, you can text START to 88788. Um, Another good pro tip for anybody who might be experiencing domestic violence is if you go online to look it up. There are frequently places that will have a covert button so that if an abuser walks into the room while you're using the computer, you can hit it and it'll take you to like a Google search of puppies or some shit to like cover what you're doing. It does not erase your history. You need to do that yourself.
1: Yeah. A lot of times for those you will just you just hit escape and it sort of backs out of that page but puts it on like a different web page that isn't. Yes. Suspicious, I guess, to an abuser. So Those are good ones, too. And we will certainly have those linked in the show notes and some information on our Instagram page. So you best be checking that out.
0: You guys, it's important. This is a really good case to cover. I think it really highlights how sad it is when crimes happen and the justice system runs into this many hurdles, you know, regardless of whether or not he is innocent the fact that they won an appeal means that his first trial was not correct by the constitutional standards of what he has rights to. Um, and that is enough for me to say that thank God he got an appeal granted because again, we don't know what it would have been if he didn't take a plea bargain. Maybe he would have been guilty anyway and all's well that ends well, but, I don't really think all is well that ends well if it's done so in a back-ass words way and we can do it in a responsible way. The other thing here is how fucking sad it all is. I just feel for those kids. I feel for her family. I feel for him. The fact that I I do still think that he's probably guilty, but I would say maybe 70 to 75% sure there is plenty of reasonable doubt in my head which to me says that prosecution did not have a strong enough case i
1: think i'm in the camp of he's guilty yeah however i don't have all of the evidence in front of me and i would need to know more about the computer thing i mean if i were on that jury though i would probably have convicted him too if i didn't hear anything anything that challenged what i believed was concrete evidence against him
0: per the prosecution
1: that isn't just some conspiracy theorist like craziness that right isn't possible but i mean something just as concrete i don't know i would have gray areas and i could not i mean and you're not supposed to (laughs) unless it's clear to you right you can't convict
0: Well, and for me, that's the whole thing. People aren't predictable and people cannot account for everything they don't know. And in this situation, I just don't feel like we know enough. And with all of the circumstantial evidence, it builds a circumstance that would lead me to believe that this man is capable and likely did murder his wife. But circumstantially.
1: They also didn't look at any other suspects.
0: Which is a huge deal. You should at least, like, canvas the area. And I mean, yes, I'm, ask. I'm sure
1: they did, but I mean, it just seemed so cut and dry. But that's why it kind of reminded me of Gone Girl. I'm like, it's almost too perfect. Well, it exactly. almost makes too much sense. Life <laughs> is, is a little too
0: messy for it to have a crisp edge on the present when you're giving somebody up for <laughs> a crime, you know? So
1: I thought that was an interesting case i know it was kind of a doozy it's probably a really long episode
0: Woo. yeah it is a long episode you guys sorry about it well not sorry about it you like it
1: yeah thanks for sticking around we hope your drive to work was good we hope that whatever you're doing was good if you're like me you're putting on a little blush and bronzer and looking fantastic you look great girl rouging
0: up for the hot day Ooh, love uh, it
1: so um, what we really want you to do though is to send us an email and I cannot remember what our email is. Abby, could
0: you help me out? Yeah, girl, you're crazy. We say this every episode. Oh my <laughs> God, I'm just losing it. It is about time. The number four TC at gmail.com. So that's A B O U T T I M E numeric four TC at gmail.com. I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I think email's like fine, but I'm super into the socials. Do we have any of those? We certainly do. We have an Instagram page. Okay. Sick, sick, sick. Where do I go for that?
1: So you would go to about time for true crime pod with cute little periods in the middle of each little word. So it'd be about dot time dot for dot
0: true dot crime dot pod. Sick, sick, sick. Okay. And is that four? Is that another numeric four? course not that would make too much sense oh
1: okay so it's actually (laughs) f-o-r got it
0: yeah okay all right so about time for true crime pod periods in between each word and four not a number four
1: the word four because that's what makes the most sense we thank you guys for hanging out with us we really appreciate your time and we would appreciate even more if you could download the episodes maybe leave us a cute little rate A little
0: review. A a nice little like. Um, Apple Podcasts has places you can leave reviews. Spotify lets you leave a review. If you maybe want to throw it up on like your little Instagram or keep tabs on Instagram because we might be doing a giveaway soon. We might
1: also be posting, I don't know, like important resources and interesting true crimey things and we may or may not have photos of the case that you just listened to, so you can kind
0: of see what they look like, or our cats, or other people's cats. Lots of I, cats. It's a great place, honestly. Why aren't you there now? What are you doing? Come okay, on, I'd love you guys. Go get on Instagram. We gotta go.
1: Well, if I look at my watch, I think
0: that was, was it. I think it was. It was, it was about, about, about time, time for, for true crime. crime. Yeah, it was. <laughs> I love it. Get out of here, kids.